Let's do that again. God is good and all the time. I'm thankful for that song. Thank you, Ben, and appreciate just uh, the reality of we think of this. This year has been, uh, I, I think the word I use is unique. There's a lot of other words I could think of uh, to describe 2020, but uh, unique maybe is a kind word to use. Uh, it's been a unique year. And a few weeks ago, I asked the question, um, what would be a better title for the message today? That was, the first choice was hindsight is 2020. Uh, the second choice was happiness is 2020 in the rear view mirror. Okay. Now, if you're from West Texas, you get that. Uh, I uh, grew up mostly in Kansas, but my dad grew up in Lubbock, Texas. And so many years we would drive the wonderful, pleasant drive from Kansas to Lubbock. And then without fail, when we would drive out of Lubbock, my dad just thought he had to sing Happiness is Lubbock, Texas in the rearview mirror. So that's why that came into my thought. Now, you voted, and I'll be completely transparent with you today. I didn't even count the votes because I thought it's 2020. Even if I count them, it's going to lead to what? A recount, all right? So it's like, no, nah, I'm not even going to count them. Okay, so, and, and, and really the truth is I didn't really care what you voted because I had already chosen hindsight is 2020. But then the more I thought about it, I thought what a great subtitle is that happiness is 2020 in the rear view mirror. Now, I think the easiest thing for us to do as we look back on the year being this is the last Sunday, it's a normal thought to look back is to be negative, is to think of all the bad things that happened. Because uh, the, the truth is, uh, there was a lot of bad things that happened, wasn't there? And I never imagined going through what we went through. Never imagined, you know, in March, that from one Sunday to the next, church would be moved from here to that first Sunday on my back porch. Uh, I, I cleaned and we did this little um, practice shot and then all of a sudden joy comes out of uh, the, the living room and says, there's dust on this back shelf. We got to clean it off. And I was like, oh, I never even noticed, of course. I never would have imagined all the things that took place. And, the, and the, the reality is that for many of us, it was a difficult year. It was tough. And there's people that are not sitting in these pews this year that were last year at this time. There's people in our church, because of health reasons, haven't been back into the building since March. And how difficult it has been for them. But I also want to, today, as we look back, is I want to celebrate that even in the bad times, even when life is difficult, we serve a good, good God. And that one day He is going to make all things new. And, and I think one thing, that word that continually comes into my mind as I think about 2020 is faithfulness, that God has been faithful. And, and I've got to do a lot of interesting things. You know, one thing that I did more this year than any other year, I'm not sure if it's a blessing to my wife, but we, we probably spent more time together this year than any other year before. I looked on my phone the other day, and it uh, says that I've averaged 5.7 miles a day of walking this year, which comes out to be like 2,080 miles that I've walked. Most of those miles, a lot of those miles, Joy and I walked together. And most of those miles, we were actually talking to each other. 
Not all of them, but most of them. And so I just started thinking, I wonder how far I could walk if I just started walking. How far would it take me to go 1,040 miles and then turn around and come back? So my first search was maybe San Diego, California. I could walk to San Diego. No, it's too far. Then I tried Orlando. No, too far. The, my third option that I looked up, the miles, how far it would be, was Las Vegas. <laughs> and guess what? It's 1,043 miles to Las Vegas. So um, I decided that I would try to walk to Las Vegas and back. And this is what I looked like when I came back. Okay? <laughs> it's a pretty, pretty long trip. Uh, not really, obviously. I want you to invite you to turn or find your way to Nehemiah chapter 8. Nehemiah chapter 8. And as we look back on, you know, hindsight is 2020. As we read this, we're going to read a lot of scripture uh, this morning. And because there's a lot of scripture going to read, I'm going to ask you uh, periodically as we walk through this to read aloud with me, okay? And so it'll, it'll be on the screen, uh, and I'll let you know when that time comes. But I want to invite you to do that. And I would also say, as God has been good to me personally, you know, God has been, God has been faithful to his church. Can I get an amen to that? God has been faithful to his church. You realize we haven't uh, missed any donations to our missionaries all over the world. In fact, because of your generosity, we've, we've blessed our missionaries this year like we never have before. You, you realize that we gave out $250, $50 Walmart gift cards into our community just because you guys gave to benevolence this year? I mean, your faithfulness and, and your uh, faithfulness really speaks to the faithfulness of God, doesn't it? And even this morning, amidst, you know, pandemic and COVID and social distancing and wearing a mask, uh, I want to introduce you this morning, three new members into our church. And so you can see on the screen, or if you're at home watching on your TV there, computer, uh, from left to right, this is uh, Lucille Falls, and then Richard and Pat in the center. And then Soon and Ferdinand and their two precious little girls. They've been through our membership class. They've signed the covenant. And they want to be a part of our faith community. Could we welcome them to our church this morning? So how awesome to, to introduce new members on the last Sunday of the year. God, again, it speaks to his, his faithfulness. So we're going to start in Nehemiah chapter 8. And we're going to read uh, all the way till we get to chapter 10. We'll, we'll skip a little bit, but we're going to read a lot this morning. And I kind of want to set the stage for you. And, and, and you may not be familiar, but the first couple chapters of Nehemiah tell of the story of Nehemiah rebuilding the walls. There's a lot of great leadership principles in there. And it's like this, it's the third group of people that are returning from exile back to Jerusalem. And so they've rebuilt the walls. And here in chapter 8, 9, and 10, they're, they're praising God for his faithfulness. Uh, and they're committing and, and they're kind of dedicating the walls to the Lord. That kind of sets the stage, all right? So uh, Nehemiah chapter 8, we're going to start in verse number 1. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. They told Ezra the scribe to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. So Ezra the priest brought the law before uh, the assembly of men and women and all who could hear with understanding on the first day of the seventh month. Then he read from it in the open square that was in the front of the water gate 
This is a long service. He read from morning until midday. Before the men and women and those who could understand. I love this part. You might want to underline. And the ears of the people were attentive to the book of the law. They were listening to what God had to say. And how important that's for when we open up the word of God is to listen. What is God saying? Now skip over to verse 5. Ezra opened the book of, in the sight of all the people, for he was standing above all the people. And when he opened it, all the people stood up, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God. And I think about, as I read this, this this past week, it just kind of reminded me of Psalms 103. Remember, remember a few, maybe a month or so ago, we challenged you to memorize Psalm 103, verses 1 through 5. And it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, and O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your iniquities? Who heals all your diseases? Who crowns you? with loving kindness, who redeems your life from destruction, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And I just envision Ezra saying something like that to the God, and look what the response of the people was. The end of, or excuse me, verse number six, and Ezra blessed the Lord, the great God, and then all the people answered, amen, Amen, while lifting up their hands and they bowed their heads and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. What a scene as the, the crowd is gathered and he reads and he blesses the Lord and they all raise their hand and say, Amen, Amen, and then they bow their heads in worship to God. Let's look at verse number nine. And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. For all the people wept when they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat uh, the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those whom nothing is prepared. For this, is, this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow. Here's a great word. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And, and understand what's happening here. There's, they're about to enter into the feast of celebration. For seven days, they're going to be joyous. They're going to be celebrating what God has done. So a normal good response when you read the word of God may be to mourn over your sin. And, and, and this may seem out of context, but what they're saying is, listen, this is the day, this is the week to rejoice. And so they have a week of rejoicing. Now if you skip over to chapter 9, we're like fast forward 23 days. Okay, They've gone through this week of celebration. They're gathered back together on the 24th day of this month. The children of Israel were assembled with fasting in sackcloth and with dust on their heads. So they've moved from rejoicing to lamenting. They're in a spirit of contrition. They're in a spirit of confession. God, you have been faithful. But God, as we read the book of the law, as our ears are attentive to hear from you, we see our sin. We see our need to lament. And so this picture of fasting in sackcloth, some would say with dust or with ashes, is just this picture of remorse and lament. Verse number two, then those of, Israel, of Israelite lineage separated themselves from all foreigners. They stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of their father. They stood up in their place and they read from the book of the law of their God for one-fourth of the day. And for one-fourth they confessed and worshiped the Lord their God. 
when we really read the word, it should lead us to repentance and to reverence. If we, like the Israelites, come to the Word of God attentive, as it says in chapter 8, then when we really read the Word and we let the Word get into us, it leads us here to repentance and reverence. Verse number 5, I'll summarize a little bit. It says, in the, Le- the Levites, and it lists the Levites, it says, the Levites said, Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever. Blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise. Now, as we walk through the rest of this chapter, we're going to see in chapter 9, this is just this prayer of the people of Israel. And the prayer is a recounting of the nation's history, of God's faithfulness. And so as we read this, I want you to think about a couple of things. The first is this, and you're going to see this over and over. And so I want to kind of plant this seed in your mind as we read through this. That God sees us, God hears our prayers, and that God cares. And I want you, as we read through this, to, to let that be a trigger when we come to those, those verses, to maybe highlight or underline it, star it. Here's another thing I want you to look for in this text, as it's a prayer to God. I want you to look for God's mercy. It's a theme that's going to continue to come up, God's mercy. I also want you to think of God's faithfulness. When we think about the fact that God sees and God hears and God cares, that God is merciful, slow to anger, that God is faithful, then we could really summarize it in saying it's about the goodness of God. That even through 2020 and all that it brought with it, God is still good. That God is still faithful. So I want you to read verse 6 aloud with me, all right? So we're in Nehemiah chapter 9, verse number 6, all right? You ready? Here we go. You alone are the Lord. You made heaven, you, the heaven of heavens with all their host, the earth and everything on it, the seas and all that is in them. And you preserve them all. The host of heaven worships you. Verse 7, you are the Lord God who chose Abram and brought him out of the earth of the Chaldeans and gave him the name Abraham. You found his heart faithful before you. And made a covenant with him to give the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Girgashites, to give it to his descendants. You have performed your words, for you are righteous. Verse number 9. You saw the affliction of our fathers in Egypt. You heard their cry by the Red Sea. God sees and God hears. Verse 10. You showed signs and wonders against Pharaoh, against all the servants, against all the people of his land. For you knew they acted proudly against him, so you made a name for yourself, and it is this day. And you divided the sea before them, so that they went through the midst of the sea on the dry land, and their persecutors you threw into the deep, and as a stone into the mighty waters. Would you read verse number 12 with me? Moreover, you led them by day with a cloudy pillar, and by night with a pillar of fire. To give them light on the road which they should travel. Verse 13. You came down also on Mount Sinai and spoke with them from heaven and gave them just ordinances and true laws, good statutes and commandments. You may know to them your holy Sabbath and commanded them precepts, statutes, and laws by the hand of Moses your servant. You gave them bread from heaven for their hunger and brought them out, uh, brought them water 
out of the rock for their thirst and told them to go and to possess the land which you had sworn to give them. Now read verse 16 with me, okay? Here we go, ready? But they, our fathers, acted proudly, hardened their necks, and did not heed your commandments. What a sad testimony. Verse 17 says, they refused to obey, and they were not mindful of your wonders that you did among them. But they hardened their necks, and in their rebellion they appointed a leader to return to their bondage. But you are a God ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness, and you did not forsake them. The faithfulness of God. Verse 18, even when they made a molded calf for themselves. And they said, this is your God that brought you out of Egypt. They worked great provocations, or that word would be blasphemy. And verse 19, yet in your manifold mercies, you did not forsake them in the wilderness. You know, the 2020, that, that maybe could be a word for 2020, didn't it? a wilderness. But even in the wilderness, what did it say? Your manifold mercies. You did not forsake them. Verse number 20. You also gave your good spirit to instruct them and did not withhold your manna from their mouth and gave them water for their thirst. Read with me verse 20, uh, 21. Here we go. Forty years you sustained them in the wilderness. They lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. The faithfulness of God. Verse 22, moreover, you gave them kingdoms and nations and divided them into districts. So they took possession of the land of Sahan, the land of the king of Heshbon, and the land of Ah, king of Bashan. You also multiplied their children as the stars of heaven. You brought them in the land which you had told their fathers to go in and possess. So the people went in and possessed the land and subdued it before them, the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into their hands with their kings and the people of the land that they might do with them as they wished. And they took strong cities and a rich land and possessed houses full of all goods. Cisterns already dung, vineyards, olive groves, fruit trees in abundance. So they ate and were filled and grew fat and delighted themselves in your great, what's the word? Goodness. The goodness of God. Verse 26 takes a turn. You're going to see in the next few verses this back and forth of the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God compared to to the unfaithfulness of Israel. Verse 26, Nevertheless, they were disobedient and rebelled against you. Cast your law behind their backs. Killed your prophets who testified against them to turn them to yourself. And they worked great provocations or blasphemy. Therefore, you delivered them in the hands of their enemies who oppressed them in the time of their trouble. But listen to the next part. When they cried to you, you heard from heaven. God sees, God hears, God answers. You heard from heaven, and according to your abundant, here's the word, mercies, you gave them deliverers 
who saved them from the hand of their enemies. But after they had rest, they again did evil before you. Therefore you left them in the hand of their enemies, so that they had dominion over them. Yet, when they returned and cried out to you, you heard from heaven. The faithfulness of God, the goodness of God. God sees, God hears. It goes on to say in verse 28, And many times you delivered them according to your mercies. And testified against them that you might bring them back to your law. Yet they acted proudly, did not heed your commandments. They sinned against your judgments, which if a man does, he shall live by them. They shrugged their shoulders, they stiffened their necks, and they would not hear. Yet for many years you had patience with them. Aren't you thankful God is patient with us? You know, as I read this story and I see this back and forth and the unfaithfulness of the people, the faithfulness of God, it's easier for me to, to look back at this and say, how stubborn, stiff-necked are you Israelites? But if I'm honest with my own emotions, my own reality, I see myself in the nation of Israel. I see how easy it is for me to act proudly, to stiffen my neck, to turn my back, to forget God's laws. And I'm thankful at verse 30, yet for many years you had patience with them, testified against them by your spirit and your prophets, yet they would not listen. Therefore you gave them to the hand of the people of the lands Verse 31. Would you read this with me out loud? Verse 31. Nevertheless, in your great mercy, you did not utterly consume them nor forsake them, for you are God, gracious and merciful. Aren't you glad that God is gracious and merciful? That even when life is difficult, and for some of us, for some of you, it's been a difficult year. When we take a second to look back, we can say just like the nation of Israel. As they look back, they could say, for you, God, are gracious and merciful. Let's continue reading verse number 32. Now, therefore, our God, the great, the mighty, and awesome God, who keeps covenant and mercy, again, he's faithful. Do not let all the trouble seem small before you that has come upon us our kings and our princes, our priests and our prophets, our fathers and all your people from the days of the kings of Assyria until this day. However, you are just in all that has befallen us, for you have dealt faithfully. We have done wickedly. Neither our kings or princes or priests nor our fathers have kept your law nor heeded your commandments, your testimonies which you testified against them, for they have not served you in their kingdom or in the many good things that you gave them or in the large and rich land which you set before them, nor did they turn from their wicked works. Here we are, servants today, in the land that you gave to our fathers, to eat its fruit and its bounty. Here we are, servants in it. It yields much increase to the kings you have set over us. Because of our sins also they have dominion over our bodies and our cattle at their pleasure, and we are in great distress. Again, as they spent, remember, a fourth of the day reading 
and a fourth of the day confessing. And here they spend this time praying, recounting the faithfulness of God, recounting the goodness of God, recounting the mercies of God, and how for us, how important it is for us to, to pause and to reflect. And as we look back on the year, we, we have to see the goodness, the faithfulness, and the mercy of God. And look what it leads the nation of Israel to do. As they spent this time in prayer, as they spent this time in confession, as they spent this time reading the word, letting their ears be attentive to the word, they respond. And look what the response is in verse number 38. And because of all this, we make a sure covenant and write it. Our leaders, our Levites, and our priests seal it. So here's what's happened. They've read the word. They've been convicted by the word. They remember the goodness of God. And now they're going to recommit their life. And so they write a covenant. And they have, it says their leaders, their Levites, and their priests seal the covenant. God, we make a new covenant with you. We, we see that we've been unfaithful. We see that our forefathers have been unfaithful. We've seen the goodness of God. We've seen the mercy of God. We've seen the faithfulness of God. And so we want to commit. And look at verse number 29 of chapter 10. Here is the covenant. These joined with their brethren, their nobles, and entered into a curse and an oath. Or another way to say that, they entered into a covenant. And here is the rest of the chapter uh, spells out the covenant, but really it summarizes it here in verse uh, number 29 and 30. Here it is. Entered into a curse or no, to walk in God's laws, which is given by Moses, the servant of God, to observe and do all the commandments of the Lord our God and his ordinances and his statutes. So here's the summary of this chapter. As they read the word, as they remembered the goodness of God, they recommitted. So this morning, as we end 2020, can I get an amen to that? Can we also realize that in spite of or in the midst of the wilderness, could we also testify today that God has been faithful, that God has been good? You know, this morning... Uh, I sat out in the foyer, and somebody showed me a video on their phone. And it reminded me of the goodness of God. Three, three years ago, I watched a video of a, of a person in Southeast Asia getting baptized. And this morning, as I sat out in the foyer, just this morning, I, didn't, I had no idea I was about to watch this, I watched a video of this person that I watched three years ago make a huge commitment. Understand in Southeast Asia, a commitment to get baptized is not like a commitment here to get baptized. It changes everything. And I watched a video this morning of that same person baptizing 12 other believers. In the midst of 2020, the wilderness, God has been faithful. What, what, what's our response? I think it's very simple. I think it's the same thing they did. The first is this, is that we would read the word. That we would decide that in 2021, we are going to read the word. 
What does the scripture say? Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. What is the rest of it? Anybody know? Who sits in the seat of the scornful or stands in the way of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. And he will bring forth fruit in its season. And his leaf will not wither. And whatever he does will prosper. This word will change your life. Read the word. The second thing is to take time each day to remember the goodness of God. It's easy. The easiest thing for us to do is gripe and complain about 2020. And you guys have had all the conversations, I'm sure. Let's, let's be mindful. Read the word. Remember and reflect on the goodness of God. The third thing is to do what they did. They, they recommitted their life to God. My challenge for you as we enter 2021 is that you would recommit your life to God and to his church. Because God is good. Amen. God is good.